trigger warning. On today's episode, we will be talking about domestic violence. By talking about this difficult topic, I hope our journey podcast inspires others to start a conversation. But if you are struggling with this issue, this podcast may not be right for you. If you need someone to talk to, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14, Beyond Blue on 13 00 22 46 36. Kids Helpline on 18 00 55 18 00 or 1800 Respect. That's 1800 R E S P E C T. The minute you start talking about it, it gets easier. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of Our Journey podcast. I have a very special guest speaker today, my mum, Terry. Hello, how are we all? <laughs> Uh, I know I posted um, episode three yesterday and the reason why is because this episode has taken my mum and I a little bit to record. Um, It's a very sensitive subject to my mum and I and we'll be talking about our domestic violence story. Um, Let's start from the very beginning 26 years ago. So I met your father 26 years ago on a night out with some friends we were on our way to see a band in Seaford um and we met at a set of traffic lights in Dandenong he was in one car and so he was the driver of one car and I was the driver of another car so that's how we met they were going to see the same band um I was very fat then And I was not very confident when it came to guys. So I was very frigid because I was still a virgin. (laughs) Um, One thing led to another. One of my friends hooked up with his friend. And I did kiss him, but that's where it sort of left it. So about three years later, actually it was a a couple of weeks after my 21st birthday, I'd lost a hell of a lot of weight. I was working as a manager of a pub um, and in walked this really, um, I'd like to say, she was quite big in size, friend that I hadn't seen in a very long time and he was hiding behind her. And yeah, that's, he came to see me and that's where our sort of, relationship sort of started so we went out and uh 26 years later I have two kids and a story I suppose so um how long after knowing my dad did you fall pregnant with me so I technically started not I can't say dating because he never really took me on a date we just hooked up um in the April of 98 And I found out I was pregnant with you on the 21st of November, 1998. Oh, moved a bit quickly, didn't we? (laughs) (laughs) Girls got to do what a girl's got to do. We all have uh, horny needs, so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Did the abuse start after I was born or before I was born it kind of started when I was pregnant with you like I worked full time so 
and he didn't. He very rarely worked throughout the whole time we were together. I did most of the working. Um, but I, being dumb and stupid, didn't actually think it was abusive. I just thought we were two young kids about to have our own baby and this is what, the way it was supposed to be. Um, but it wasn't physical. So it was only verbal and or um, financial abuse because he had a drug problem and he used to use most of our money on drugs. Um, what drugs were they? So only he smoked a hell of a lot of marijuana up to... He got his marijuana habit when at one point got to... He would smoke a quarter every two days. Um, when that stopped giving him a buzz, he turned to alcohol. Um, and when the two of... I gave him an ultimatum at one point because I did leave him when, the, when Caitlin was little. Um, and the rule was he had to give up one or the other. Um, he gave up the marijuana because at that stage there was a big dry spell because the cops had done a lot of raids. So alcohol was more accessible for him. So he would drink anywhere up to a slab, if not a slab and a half of beer a day. So Aldi and the local bottle shop loved us. They did. They loved us. They just knew he was coming to get his beer every day. Um, when was the first time you left my dad? I, I remember if... I remember one time, if correct me if I'm wrong, mm. but I remember hiding in the bus stop as he's driving around screaming our names trying to find us. Did that actually happen or was no, I... No, 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 that actually happened. Um, and we, because it was like, oh, it was really, really late at night. That's what I thought. I thought it was at, at night time and he was looking for us. Yeah, so we hid in the bus stop because I was trying to get a taxi to come pick us up from there um, so that we could go to Gran and Pops. Um, but I had no money. I knew that my parents would always give me money for a taxi. and um, But no taxis were going to get there quick enough and he found us, so we went back home. I did leave him before Cody was born, actually, when the, uh, the first couple of times that he actually hit me after you were little um, and I pretended that I was going shopping one day and it was already pre-planned. I pretended I was going shopping one day with my auntie and he didn't know where my sister lived because she'd just moved out of home and we'd already organised it that I was going to go stay with her because... He would know that I would go to my parents or he'd know that I'd go to my auntie. So he, um, look, I'd like to think that at one point that he did love me, but it was more obsession than anything. So um, I did leave him. And the reason this was the very, like the really first time that he hit me really bad. I, um, no, actually he'd started hitting me. That's right. Um, and then I, he was always sorry. He was always sorry. It was always, he doesn't know what come over him. It wasn't him that did it. It was the drugs. But I sort of let my auntie and my mum know what was going on. And that's when we came up with the plan. I would go shopping 
one day and I just didn't go home. I had, and all I walked out of their house with was a simple nappy bag. I hadn't had a shower in three days because I didn't want to leave Caitlin alone with him. Um, I hadn't, I hadn't even brushed my hair. It was that bad because I didn't want to give him any time. I didn't know what he was going to do with Caitlin. Not that he ever would hurt them physically, but I didn't trust that. So I went shopping and, and I did leave him for about a month. Um, and we stayed with my sister. And the funny thing was, um, I, maybe it was a couple of months. I can't really, it was like so long ago. I mean, you're 22 now. So, um, he, um, I went straight to Centrelink. I had appointments with Centrelink and counsellors and one of my oldest and dearest friends helped me out with all that because she had been in the same position and Centrelink got me on payment straight away. It was, you know, I wasn't without financially and I still let him see Caitlin. I still let him speak to Caitlin on the phone. I never stopped ever him having any contact with Caitlin. Whilst during that time, if he wanted to actually physically see Caitlin, I would drive down to my auntie's house and he would come and spend a couple of hours with Caitlin at my auntie's house. So, um, and then he did and said all the right things. He wasn't going to do it again. But even during that time, he had all the finances except for what Centrelink were giving me and I was still lending him money to survive. Him money to get his cigarettes, him money to get petrol to come see Caitlin. Um, so it wasn't as if he changed anyway. But being young and dumb, he made the promises, I went back. And after I left um, that time, it did get better. But we have lost so many friends um, he lost all his friends at one point because they didn't like the way he treated me. But it is what it is. You move on. And then after Cody was born, um, when his parents actually found out that he was hitting me and it was, it was a horrible situation. So I went, I was doing catering with my family and Cody was he was only really really little so I had an emergency season with Cody and um I not supposed to go you're not supposed to drive you're not supposed to work or anything for a good six weeks and five days later because we were broke I went back to work even though my mum lost her absolute nana um but needed the money so I went to work and I rang him and my, my one of my other siblings, who I'm not very fond of, um, she was at our house and so was his cousin and he in the, he, our car had stuffed up. So um, his, his car, I should say, had stuffed up and he had the money in his wallet to pick it up whilst I was at work, hence why um, we had someone there to look after the kids. And um, when he went to go pay for it, there was $100 missing from his wallet. Now, I wasn't even there. I was, at, I was at work. I didn't even see the money. Even his parents agreed that they didn't even see, you know, I would never have seen the money. But when I got home from work that night, and this is when it started to go really bad, he beat me so badly my legs were black because all he did was punch and kick into my legs 
I couldn't walk for like three weeks. Every movement hurt. So I left him again and um, decided my mum helped me and I decided to take Caitlin and Cody to see their dad on the Sunday with my mum there and his parents couldn't understand why I'd left because, you know, he was such a perfect person. And I tried to tell them that he was hurting me and they wouldn't believe it. So I dropped my pants and I showed them how black my legs were. And this was two weeks after the beating. So I will never forgive myself for hurting them that way. But it is what it is and moved on. Once again, said all the right things. Um, he was really, really bad. Like, um, there were times where he didn't care if the kids were around and the kids would see. He would just do what he wanted to do. He would get in my face. He would hit me. He would punch me. He would kick me. He would hold knives against my throat. He'd headbutt me. Um, and nine times out of ten, it was all because I wouldn't give him the last $20 in my wallet because he wanted his beer. Didn't matter that I had to feed the kids, but he had to have his beer or he had to have his marijuana or he just got to be in at one point at one point he got to be in his bonnet because I would spend more time and give more attention to Cody or Caitlin and not attention to him. I want to fast forward a few years. I want to touch on the things that I remember because I don't remember a lot of it happening. Um, Probably well, one thing that I will say is I tried to disguise the noises because I would lock my kids in. We had one room in the house that would lock from the inside and that was Caitlin's bedroom. Uh, but we didn't have a key to get in that. So I would tell the kids to lock themselves in the room and I would sing at the top of my voice to drown out the noise because TV wouldn't do it. So once they heard me singing, they knew that I, I would sing the whole time. Like it didn't matter what song it was, I would just sing and I would sing very loudly because as long as I was singing, they knew that everything was going to be all right. That's sort of what I did to disguise the noises from you kids. So we were coming back from Umarunupas one night and we were just over the train lines in Dandenong and we were at the lights and I can't remember why he was, he was obviously drunk, but he wanted more beer and the bottle shop was about to close and I wasn't driving fast enough. And he punched the windscreen and it smashed. He got out of the car and we drove off. No, I locked the doors and we drove off. And then Umarunupa picked him up wherever the hell he was and brought him back. And I remember him, we're in your room, laying in bed and he's screaming and we're all crying and Umarunupa were trying to calm us down while he's just losing the plot. Um, so it was all over alcohol. Yep. Alcohol or drugs, always. I wouldn't give him the $20 in my purse or I'd say, no, we're... We need to buy this this week. Or um, he just, it was very selfish. And then, so we'd, well, there was no love lost. He, he ended up, um, the kids would, would be that scared that they'd end up sleeping in the bed with me. And Cody was like that from day dot. He was petrified of his dad. 
Um, and but then I'll, I'll say this: when the guy's sober, he was actually a nice guy. But there, I can't remember him being sober. So um, then um, the big thing where I decided that I it was he would never he would never be my end of life partner um, was I went out with some friends um, for a very drunken night like um, and I'd said to him like we hadn't had sex in a very very long time and he said oh you know if I let you go out tonight with your friends for her birthday you're gonna give me sex you're gonna give me sex you'll be drinking you'll be happy go lucky and I'm like well yeah if whatever and because I wanted to go out I mean, I deserved to go out. I deserved to have a life. Um, and I came home from that night and I was um, I was really drunk. Like, I really, really drank a hell of a lot. And it ended up in that night he raped me. And I can hear, I, some nights, now, even now, I can hear... My kids screaming because they could hear it. They're in the the next room, but they knew everything was going to be all right because I started singing because that was our un unsaid code. They knew as long as Mum was singing, they would be Mum was all right and they would be fine. So, um, it was after that that he got really really bad and it got to the so bad to the point where his I, I ended up having to call his parents. And his mum turned around to me and said, we are going to get an in-house restraining order. Because I was always not two parents. You know, I don't want to ever take them away from their dad. This, that and the other. So she forced me to get the very first restraining order in. I think it was 2014. Um, but they could never understand why I hated him so much and I didn't want to be the one to tell them then um fast forward a couple of years like the abuse didn't stop but it didn't get worse if that makes sense so I he look his major thing is he wasn't born here and he would threaten to take my kids back to where he was born and it convinced me there was not a damn freaking thing I could do about it like if he was going to take my kids and I would never see them again. And I lived for my kids. So um, the night that, like we had intervention orders, the night that he actually got removed from the house, Caitlin called the police on him. I'd been at work all day. He wasn't allowed to drink alcohol at the house. Um, he had offered to look after Cody because Cody didn't want to come to work with me. Because uh, I was I was helping some friends out with a charity event. I was um, the main for the chari- their section of the charity. I was their security, um, and then um, I'd done a really long day down in Hastings, and Caitlin came home, and we thought he like we thought he was really drunk, but he he found he he's got very good at hiding it, like really really good at hiding it, and. Um, when I got there, he was in the shower and trying to sober up. And Cody had said, Mum, I think Dad's been drinking. I said, well, he knows the rules. He's not allowed to. It's, it's against Laurie. He can get put in jail for it. And he said, Mum, I'm pretty sure. And Cody had a friend staying the night who happened to be the son of one of my friends. Um, and it was a, 
It was a warm night, wasn't it? It was. It wasn't. It was a warm night. I think it was. It, it must have been in summer. Summer. Yeah, or, it was in February. Yeah. And so yeah, we got home from work, and the fire and, had been lit. Yeah, the fire was going, and we at during the day we went and got a temporary tattoo on the back of our necks, just something That's fun. Right. So we came home. Um, and dad had seen it on mum's neck and he grabbed her and pushed her up against the wall and went to hit her. And I just lost it. I'm like, no, nah, I'm done. Went in my room, and then- called the police and he's, mum's in between my door and him and me. He's screaming abuse at me. And so I'm calling the police. I forgot to tell them where I lived because I was so... <laughs> I'd never called the police before. I didn't know what to tell them. And the lady on the line goes, can you tell me your address so we can send the police? And so after that, he... I think he, he, he went to sleep because he... Didn't, he didn't actually really believe that you called he, the police. Yeah, he didn't... He'd, he'd, headbutt me. he'd headbutted me and tried to stab me with the knife. Yeah, so then he, he went to sleep and... The police did not rock up to our house for three hours. I understand they're busy, but I had told the lady we have an intervention order no, no, on no. him. They, they no, they, no, quickly. no, they didn't. Oh, didn't they? they didn't. Oh. They came because I rang were. them back and I said it has been three hours. Where are they? Yeah. Um, and I understand the police officers are busy, but it's a domestic violence situation. They should have come a lot quicker because anything could have happened in that time. Um, and so. They came and they they went him. into his room, got him out, and that's when he turned extremely violent towards the police officers. Yeah. Um, they they dragged him out. I didn't see it because mum kept us inside, but you could hear him screaming. All the neighbours came out and seeing what was going on. Yeah. Um, and then the next morning we had to go back to work and he was out. He in the jumped. backyard, he jumped the fence and he was sleeping on the couch. Um, underneath the tarp. Underneath the tarp. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, um, uh, of course, because it's domestic violence and there's children involved, the police are ob- obligated to inform DHS, which was my biggest nightmare. But I've got to give it to them. DHS were amazing. They were. Because... I had no, I had no intent of allowing him back in as the domestic partner, um, but that was just the beginning, really. So he was uh, disgustingly obsessed. Like I never stopped the kids from having time with him. Um, it's every weekend, um, like you know how they do the one weekend on, one week off. One weekend off. Um, he wasn't obviously allowed to have um, 50% custody at this time simply because he of the violence orders and the kids were on the intervention orders. Um, so um, I put in with the court, because we went straight to court, I put it with the court that um, his visitations had to be supervised, so I nominated his parents to be the supervisors. So every Friday, um, every if, if, and if the kids wanted to go every weekend, they could. They're, they're, they're people. I don't rule them. Um, as long as it was supervised by um, his parents. So um, they go to their grandparents on a Friday. They come back the Sunday. Um, but whenever 
he um they were on their visitation weekend he would spend the whole time calling me messaging me what are you doing where are you i want you back i love you blah 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 um on a tuesday night my dad came down to my house and he was spending time with me um and and the kids were at the beach with him and his parents in chelsea um, and so they were gone for about two and a half hours. My dad was sitting with me for that two and a half hours because he wanted to see his grandkids and make sure everything was okay. 174 times he rang my home phone and 230 times he rang my mobile. So no sooner would he, because I, I just stopped answering him, no sooner he hung up on the mobile, he'd ring the home phone. Or, and then he'd try ringing the mobile because I wouldn't answer the home phone. Then he'd try ringing the mobile. Uh, this was in a two and a half hour period. And on the intervention order, it stated he could not contact my mum um, unless it was about Cody and I. He never, the police and the court did nothing about those breaches of that intervention order. The police did, but you take it to the judges and the judge threw it out. Not the ones when we moved into this house. They didn't believe us that That's time right. either. He sweet-talked them. So um, then so um, he found out I, I was seeing someone um, and he would threaten them. Um, look, it, like seeing someone well after we'd separated, well after he'd moved out. Um, the kids, um, the kids never got introduced to anyone except for their current stepdad, and he is amazing. Um, so what happened was the, his parents, his parents thought by getting an intervention order by kicking him out, it would wake him up and he would start to treat people better. And they couldn't. Uh, at one point, they couldn't understand what. And I feel sorry for them because they lost, they lost their family too, so to speak. Um, they couldn't understand why why I um, wouldn't succumb to loving him again. The love for him was lost years before. And I told him, you need to tell your parents what you did to me that night. Because he finally owned up to it. He goes, yep, you said no, I kept, I kept doing it. Yep, you're right, no means no. Um, and I think he admitted it because he thought that that was going to get me back to being with him. But how can you love somebody that violates you so badly? It is what it is. Like, it is what it is now. I'm, I'm not a victim. I, I'm a survivor and I will never be a victim again. So I don't really care. Um, but I, he chose a very important day for them. I said, to, I said to him, we were going to support them on something. And he said, well, I'm going to tell them today. I said, no, today is a big day for them. You don't get to to ruin it for them and true to form because he wanted to be center of attention he ruined that day and he told them on that day because I made him tell them without me and they uh, I took the kids I'd actually taken the kids to the supermarket or a walk to the milk bar or something to get a drink and he chose that moment to tell them on their special day on a big milestone for them and of course lo and behold the attention was no longer on their milestone. It was all about him again. Um, so I, and after that, they said, we understand it now. 
Um, he, we had to move into the house we live in now in complete and utter. The, one of the main reasons why I chose this house, like we, we, we went from owning a home to renting. Um, one of the main reasons why I chose this and I put in a really good plea with the real estate agent is because there was five, four to six way, different ways of getting into the estate and out because we had to move here in secret. Like I had the house um, a month before we actually moved in because he actually evicted us. He thought by evicting us from our from the kids' childhood home, which now the kids have said that is our house of horrors. Like that is their monster house. Their everything bad that happened happened there. So um, to them, they don't have good memories of it, which is a, a damn shame because apart from his abuse, they had me. I was their mum. I was their dad. And I pretty I think I did a pretty good job because I think you're both pretty all right. I think you did a good job. Like you screwed up in the head. <laughs> but what what young person and what teenager really isn't these days? Um, I don't hate him. It takes too much energy to hate him. I don't. I don't hate. I I don't hate him. Oh, one I thing don't. I will say is we actually have. Well, I have the strongest into this is how horrible and nasty he is the judge gave me and they, they don't give him out very often a lifetime intervention order against him because he's that violent towards me like we couldn't even we couldn't even move into this house without it being in secret so but i don't hate look i did hate him for a very very long time i don't hate him i don't like him he i, I can honestly say i don't I don't hate him. I don't like him. He's a nothing. But he gave me you and Cody. And I can't for that I thank him. I can't say I will always love him because I don't. But I thank him because he, he gave me you two. I don't I don't hate my dad. I love him obviously because he's my dad. You, but you, you don't I have just, to like who he is. I crave that attention from him, if, if that makes sense. Like, he gives the attention to her kids, mm-hmm. and I crave that so bad, but I know I'm never going to get it from him. But you have got it. But you have. I'm crying. <laughs> because it's a, it's a touchy subject, Caitlin. And nobody gets to tell you that you shouldn't have these feelings. No one gets to tell you that. I wish that he would want to spend time with you. I wish that he could see that he's only punishing you and Cody and himself. Because him being an arsehole to you guys doesn't hurt me anymore. It hurts. It kills me that he's hurting you guys, but he thinks that it's hurting me and he's so far from the truth because it pushed you guys closer to me. It pushed you guys closer to your stepdad. Yeah. Hey, and that's silly. Like, think about when you found out he was put in prison. You wanted to hate him and you wanted to be happy that it happened. He definitely deserved it, but at the same time, I didn't want anything to happen to him. No, that's right. 
and that's because you're made of tough stuff. You don't have to worry about what other people say. Every single person in this world is always going to have an opinion on how you should love him or how you should want to spend time with him because they've not lived it. The only person that has to be truly content with you is you, just like it has to be truly. And it took me a very long time because if you are honest, it's only been the last six months, six to eight months where I've gone, you know what, I'm not fighting for him to have a relationship with you guys anymore. I hate that he's done this to you guys. I hated him for such a long time, but it takes so much freaking energy to hate him. And I'm fighting for my life, so I don't need to waste that energy on him anymore. I hate that he hurts you, but if he thinks hurting you kids is killing me, he's got another thing coming because it just drives you closer to me. I want to touch back on what you said, how he thought you thought by him um, owning up to raping you, thought, you know, he was going to... You were going to take him back. Remember before I went to Germany and we were sitting in the food court at Fagana Gate and I confronted him because I wanted, you know, just to clear the air before I went to Germany. And I said, he goes, oh, you know, why don't you like me, blah, blah, blah. And I said, because you raped my mum. And he laughed in my face. I will never forget that day. That just shows that he was just owning up to it just to try and get you back and that's right but you see he's always had this premise he has this way about no not premise he has this way about him that he would flutter his eyelids and flash that smile and he could get away with anything because he was allowed to get away with anything with certain um, members of his family not his parents but certain members of his of his extended family it wouldn't matter he could have Bloody run over a chicken right in front of them. but And he turned around and go, no, I didn't do it. And they would have believed him. The thing is, there's one thing I need you to understand. Because you said to me when you found out he went to jail for domestic violence. And your words to me was, I asked you why you were crying. You said, we're his own children. You were his, not we didn't legally get married, but the I, the law saw us as married. You were his wife for so long. Why did he go to jail for them and not for what he did to us? And I'll stand by what I said. Does it really matter who he went to jail against? He got punished for it. Even if it is that he did it to somebody else, he still got, he inadvertently still got punished for it. And you can't move on until you accept the fact that that was your life, was being the operative word. This is your life now. You're a pretty spot-on 22-year-old. Think about your 18th birthday. You were pretty drunk. I was pretty drunk. (laughs) But that that was a pretty good milestone for you because you sat in a room with him and her and yes, I will, he wasn't the right place for her to be introduced to you guys properly, but it, it happened. And you'll do that again. And again. And again. Because 
Yes, I have everlasting effects from it. Yes, I've lost half my teeth. And that's due to chemo as well, let's be honest. Um, yeah, some nights I don't sleep because the, the nightmares are repulsive. But I get up the next morning and I smile because I only get one bloody life. And I will rock the hell out of this life. I'm going to be the rockiest grandma out there. The big I'm fat not, one. I'm not pregnant, guys, by the way. Not for a long time. But you get what I mean? Yeah, I get what you mean. Um, but I think that concludes our story. Um, oh, can I just say to the women out there that are going through it, I get you. It's shit. And you will have in your mind that... You gotta stay for the kids. And you know what? Don't let anybody turn around to you and say, Oh, you should have just got out. You know what you're doing. Sometimes it might be too late. I want you to get out. I want you to break free from it, but I get why you can't. And if you are in that situation and you don't know who to talk to, I've been there because I didn't think I could talk to anyone. Message Caitlin. She will contact me and we will get you the hell out. But you can only leave when you make the decision to leave. And you know what? If you leave this time and go back to him, there's no shame in that. Because it took me three or four times before I actually did it. But please don't let anybody shame you into staying or shame you into leaving. You have to do it when you're ready. But if you are really in that situation, edit, we will keep you completely anonymous. Message Caitlin. Got no problems with that. Message to our journey and we will put you in touch with the right people. Because you don't have to be treated this way. But I understand why you stay. I want to say a big thank you to my mum for having the courage, even though we had a black sand book shop before this, <laughs> to ease the nerves for sharing her story. It's not an easy thing to talk about, um, but we wanted to get the message across that, you know, we are here for whoever is going through um, this sort of situation, not just women, men as well. Um, but our journey starts here, guys, and listening for the next episode um, airing on Monday.